Chapter 28, The Unavoidable. Luke 20, 17 and 18. Jesus looked directly at them and asked, Then what is the meaning of that which is written, The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces, but he on whom it falls will be crushed. How did Jesus do it? How did he manage to walk around in this world knowing everyone's true thoughts and motives without nuking the whole place? How was he able to wade through the duplicitous soup of the fallen human psyche without smiting everyone in sight for their cruelty, malice, and downright meanness? When I read about a really nasty villain in a book or watch one in a movie, I hate them and I can't wait to see their downfall. But it's almost fun knowing that they're going to get their comeuppance in the end. When you read the news and find that the real-life villains are worse than the ones in the books and the movies and sometimes get away with their crimes, that can be heartbreaking and overwhelming. But when you look in the mirror and realize that you also have a seed of evil behind your own ribs and it sometimes thinks about and wants the very worst things, it can be hard not to feel hopeless about your own soul. What if you were going to have lunch with Jesus tomorrow? Would you be able to relax and simply show up for that meal, ready to have a good laugh and conversation? Would you come with all your deep theological questions like an investigative journalist, ready to bring the hard issues into play? Or would you just be so wound up and anxious that You'd write down conversation starters on an index card like, so the whole walking on water thing, that something you did mainly for effect or convenience, or is that something you do for fun? I've actually thought quite a bit about this little scenario, and despite what I know about Jesus's acceptance and love for me, I think I would go into that meeting pretty nervous. I mean, he knows everything. He knows where my life is going. He knows where my life ought to go. And he knows every single little thing that's in my heart before I say anything about it or act on it in any way. Our Lord can plumb the depths of our very motives, knowing us in ways we don't even know ourselves. If Jesus were to ask you how your life is going, what would your first response be? Would you try to impress him with the answer that seems the most Jesus-y? Or would you just tell him the plain, unadorned truth, no matter how messy it might be? I mean, on the one hand, he already knows everything you're thinking, so you may as well be honest. But on the other hand, maybe the Jesus-y answer is where you honestly want to be, even if you haven't quite arrived. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking this thing. Maybe I would just freeze up. When I consider what goes on inside my own busted up head and inside the heads of friends of mine who have been open and honest with me, I think the thing that most impresses me about Jesus is his unbelievable patience and self-control. If I were him, I might be smiting people left and right or else telling everyone which way to turn at every possible moment. He knows the best way for all of us to go after all. It's got to be nearly impossible for Jesus not to correct everyone all the time on basically every matter. But instead of that, 
we see him patiently putting up with us time and time again. We tear down the house. He lets us do it. We fly into a course of action without ever stopping to ask for advice or directions. He tenderly allows us to have things our own way. I've watched Jesus patiently control himself and allow his kids to single-handedly shipwreck their own lives until there was nothing left but a pile of smoking ash and then sweetly sweep it up and get started on the rebuild. In Luke chapter 20, Jesus told a story about a man who planted a vineyard and rented it out to some farmers. He let them manage and work the vineyard for a while and then sent a servant to get some of the fruit. The farmers beat the servant and sent him away. The owner of the vineyard sent another servant. So the farmers beat him, treated him shamefully, then sent him away. A third servant was sent and he was treated the exact same. Finally, the owner said, I'll send my own son. Surely they'll respect my son. But when the son came, the farmers said, look, it's the heir. Let's kill him and then we'll get the inheritance. So they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Jesus said that when the owner found out about his son, he would come and kill the farmers and give the vineyard to someone else. All the people were scandalized by the story. They recoiled and said, God forbid. Jesus then looked directly at that crowd and asked, then what is the meaning of that which is written? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. Jesus allowed his rebellious kids to go so far down the wrong course that we did the unthinkable. We killed the author of life. We threw him outside the vineyard because we wanted things our own way and got rid of him. He carried a cross outside the city and allowed himself to be crucified on it like a criminal coming to a nasty end. But it wasn't the end. You see, Jesus is the cornerstone. He is the unavoidable one. He is the unscalable mountain. He is the uncrossable river. You can't go over him. You can't go around him. You have to go through him. And you simply won't make it out alive as you were when you entered. Every single person who has ever lived has made a total mess out of their life. And there are no exceptions. We've all crashed the plane. The real questions are, have you figured that out yet? And what's next? Jesus had a way for us to live, and none of us listened to that still, small voice beckoning us toward him. We all rebelled, and he patiently let us wreck ourselves without obliterating us. The pile of rubble we've made out of our lives lies at the foot of the cornerstone. And the question is, what will you do now? Jesus is asking you how your life is going right now, today. What are you going to say? Are you ready to admit that you're broken into pieces and you need him to put you back together as only he can? Do you need him desperately in order to make it through the next few hours? Everyone gets broken on the cornerstone. 
he's unavoidable. Some folks get put back together. For more, get to a quiet place. Read Luke 20, 9 through 19, and Psalm 118, 22 through 24. You can't get away from needing Jesus. Maybe now is a time to cry out to him. How does it feel to know that he loves you to call out for his help? That he wants to see the real you, no faking, no hiding. Are you ready? Tell him. Tell him.